When I was meeting with one of our parishioners this week, he told me the story of a priest who had a conversation with a woman on an airplane. The woman, apparently, began the conversation with, I used to be Catholic, but now I'm not, in a kind of tone that implied that the Catholic faith is childish and that this person had ascended to higher realms. Well, the priest on the plane, surprising even himself, immediately stopped this woman and said, you know, it's not good to lie to a priest. She was taken aback. What she said was true. She was baptized as a Catholic, and now she no longer practiced the Catholic faith. The priest clarified, you were never actually Catholic. If you were Catholic, you would be able to tell me something from the catechism, something about the Catholic faith. The woman faltered. She could come up with nothing. See, the priest finished, you never left the Catholic faith because you never knew what it meant to be Catholic in the first place. This story made me think about our children. Many of you tell me how sad it is that your children no longer come to Mass. And you tell me how hard you try to convert them back and how impossible that seems for you. Why is this so hard? It's hard because of the principle that Jesus quotes in the Gospel today. No prophet is accepted in his own native place. Our children believe that they know Catholicism. Most were taught the faith. Some even went to Catholic school. So they all assume that they have been exposed to everything that Catholicism has to offer. And because of this assumption, they, like the people of Jesus' hometown, will not allow themselves to be surprised by the faith or to be open to new perspectives on their childhood religion. They believe that there is nothing left to learn, so they close themselves off. This is why, I believe, so many young people go through an Eastern religion phase. It is a commonplace anymore to believe that Buddhism or Taoism or yoga, I guess, are somehow deeper and more spiritual than Christianity. But have any of these young people ever read the Christian mystics? Have they ever gone to exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, reverently done in a beautiful church? Our tradition can go toe-to-toe with any other religion regarding prayer, art, ritual, and spirituality. And beyond that, our religion also has revelation, history, and, I dare say, truth. But when a cradle Christian craves a deep religious experience, as all human beings do, they always seem to look elsewhere. Their supposed familiarity with Christianity has bred contempt and they do not believe that they can find anything spiritual in the religion of their childhood. No prophet is accepted in his own native place, 
because his townspeople will not allow him to grow beyond being a child. So how do we combat this? I concur with Bishop Barron, who ceaselessly insists that we never, ever dumb down our faith. We have such a smart, rich, and deep faith. A faith that I believe reflects the profundity of God himself. But we do everyone in the church a disservice if we never move beyond the surface and the shallows. As an example of what I mean, let's consider our second reading from St. Paul, his great treatise on love. A lazy reading, a shallow reading of this text, will stop at, love is kind. And the other characteristics, patient, not jealous, not pompous, not inflated, not rude, not self-interested, not quick-tempered, not brooding over injury, not rejoicing over wrongdoing, rejoicing in the truth. All of these other characteristics are often reduced back to the word kind. And then this sentiment is further extended to all of Christianity, summarizing the teachings of Jesus with nothing more than be nice to people. No wonder so many people think that they need to look elsewhere for spiritual fulfillment. But in the Christian tradition, love has always meant so much more than good manners and positive feelings. Love is self-sacrifice. Love is Jesus giving himself up on the cross. To put it another way, love is a choice. Love is an act of the will. We do not love someone by feeling good about them. We love someone by saying, even if I hate your guts, even if you are the most annoying person in my world, I will still act for your greatest good, even if that means I have to sacrifice something of myself. Sometimes, love is easy. I want my children to succeed, so I do everything I can to help them, even giving up my time and money. And sometimes, love is incredibly difficult. I want my children to succeed, so I have to discipline them. I have to give them a hard truth. Or, I know my addicted family member has to bottom out before she will seek help. So I'm going to stop enabling her because I know a crisis will actually be the best thing for her. There's nothing easy about that type of love. And there's nothing in it that's just being nice. And this approach to love gives the words of St. Paul a much deeper meaning. He is not asking us to be nice people. He is asking us to subject our wills, our desires, our inclinations toward violence and vengeance. He is asking us to subject these to the interests of other people. He is asking us to sacrifice all of our guilty pleasures and self-interested personality traits so that we can focus on giving ourselves in service to everyone around us 
just as Jesus gave himself in service to the world on the cross. The thesis of Christianity, the underlying fabric and logic of our faith, is that love, that is, self-giving relationships, are the unifying force of all creation. The Trinity itself is an eternity of mutual self-giving amongst the three persons. Creation, the Incarnation, the Passion, and Pentecost were all astonishing acts of divine self-gift. Every saint is evaluated by the extent to which they gave of themselves. It is for this reason that between faith, hope, and love, it is love that will remain. Faith is belief in things unseen, but we will see all revealed at the end of time. Hope is believing God's promises, but God's promises will all be fulfilled in heaven. No, it is love, these relationships of mutual self-gift, that will persist into eternity. In the unfiltered presence of God, every single one of our relationships will be marked and governed by our complete gift of self to God and to each other. Love is the nature of the eternal reality. Now, can you see the difference? Being nice to people is a bland, uninspiring reality that might make society more pleasant, but lacks the gravity to give life meaning. This love costs us very little. On the other hand, living a life of self-sacrifice for God and neighbor, giving one's life to a mission that imitates the mission of Jesus on the cross, these are ideas that stir the human heart and inspire heroes and saints. This love costs us everything. And it is this love that we desire with our entire being. We have got to reclaim the depth, richness, and significance of our faith. As St. Paul says, when I was a child, I used to talk as a child, think as a child, reason as a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. It is perfectly appropriate to speak to children about sharing and caring, about Jesus telling us to be nice and respectful. This is exactly where we should start in their Christian journey. But few of us have ever been given the opportunity or the challenge to put away childish things and investigate the profundity of a religious tradition that can claim the greatest minds in Western history and has inspired the greatest saints known to mankind. That's our tradition. That's the Christian tradition. If we are ever led to believe that Christianity in general and especially Catholicism, are somehow simple, shallow, or stupid. It is not because this is the reality of the faith. 
It is because, like the people of Nazareth, when we think we know something, we jail it inside our preconceived notions and refuse to let it grow or surprise us. My friends, the Catholic faith in its fullness is always surprising, and its riches can never be exhausted. If we have not already, it is time for us to jump into the deep, adult end of our faith, to read books, watch videos, sign up for formed.org, learn history, study the catechism. It is time to do this, lest we allow our familiarity to breed contempt, and we abandon a Catholic faith that we never really knew.